what's up everybody Andor episode 11 dropped i am super excited because this has become my favorite disney plus show um I, the quality is just incredible but i'm going to talk about that and more with a whole cast of some awesome people and we're going to do that right now on the high ground Hello, everyone. Welcome to the High Ground Podcast. Um, ex excited to, to, to get you all on uh, to dive into Andor. We're going to have another person joining. Uh, just a little bit late of a, of a joiner, but, um, you know, General Skivas will be with us shortly. To get started, though, I would like to uh, let, let's go around the room and I'll have you all introduce yourself. So let me know who you are where we can find your awesome content and if if you could have uh I'm, I'm gonna make you choose between a pet and a droid um so you can only have one and if you choose droid what's droid and if you choose pet what animal are you, are you picking and i'll go do a casey first Hello there, everybody. My name is Casey, or uh, Swacer on TikTok. And if I had to pick between a, a pet or a droid in Star Wars, pets are cute, but I think I'd have to go with the droid because they're like a, a whole functioning companion and they got a lot of usefulness to them and probably an astromech. Okay, an astromech. Uh, and any particular model? Like if you could have one, you know who you All right. choose? Probably an R-series astromech similar to R2. Awesome. All right. And uh, how about you, uh, Jeff? Who are you? Where can we find your awesome content? And droid or pet? And which droid or pet? You got it. Uh, my name's Jeff. Uh, you can find me at JB the Jedi on TikTok, but then Jeff Bull Tech, like on all the other socials. And I'm a my buddy and I co-host a show called another Star Wars show, which is uh, super fun to be here sharing this too. Uh, uh, the Kessel chat on YouTube. So we go live every Thursday at 9 p.m., which is kind of cool. Um, so that's where all my stuff is. And between droid and cat, that's uh, droid and pet. That's hard. But the, the one that just came to mind immediately was a loaf cat. I want a loaf cat because they're just adorable and feisty. And they remind me of my cat panda inside. So <laughs> I'm I'm like, I, I need a loaf cat like stuffy to sit in, like next to me all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Loath cat's feet kind of freak me out, though. I don't know. They have They're like little, little chicken feet or something. Yeah. Very strange. I don't know why, but I really love it. <laughs> <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we have General Skivas. Uh, yeah, where can we find you? And uh, all the same questions. Who are you? Where can we find you? And Petrodroid, which Petrodroid? Um, I am on TikTok and I'm also on Instagram. I use Twitter and what was the other question? I'm sorry. If you could have uh, choose between having a pet or a droid, and oh, uh, I would which choose a pet. All right, and uh, which one would you choose? Tauntaun, Devons. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I okay. Want something that I can try and save on gas. That's dope. I could just picture, I don't know what you do for work, but I would love to see someone like roll up to work <laughs> on, on a tauntaun. I'm a dog walker, so I'd just back at the saddle and be like, giddy up, come on, let's go. <laughs> awesome. And I, I love that you came in uh, in, in your Bix cosplay. That's uh, uh... Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I have... Um... Uh, I choose pet. I want a Volca. Nice. Obi Sean in the chat. Uh, droid BD1. A BD unit would be really cool. Um, Dex and download wants a protocol droid 100%. And I already know that he wants 114D. I, I, I'm just going to bet money on that one. Myself, I, this was, was a tough one, but I would go, I want to pet Nexu. I know they seem vicious, but I think I think you might be able to ride a Nexu at least a short distance. Um, and I and I think it would. I don't know. Get, give me give me a pet Nexu, just a big giant toothy cat that uh, I will not 
Um, unlike the Geonosians, I will not train it to rip off girls' midriffs because that's really weird and specific. I don't know. That's, I don't know how that worked out, but <laughs> whatever. Um, anyways, yeah, now that we kind of know each other, let's just jump into Andor episode 11. Um, how are we feeling overall on on Andor? Because I don't think I've been able to talk to any one of you guys on this show um, yet. So also, I want this to be conversational, so feel free to jump out um, and, and you know, just, just say how you feel. All right, Jeff. I think it's... Uh, <laughs> no, no, go. No, no, please, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've been pretty obsessing. Um, I didn't think that I was going to have that much of an interest in it. I am a really, really big Rogue One fan. I did like Cassian, but he wasn't my favorite character in Rogue One. So I was a little like, this of this. So, um, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. And obviously, they're really resonating with me and yeah i i've loved this show so much so far yeah yeah i'm told i'm totally with you on that one too i rogue one I, I will say rogue one is is hands down my favorite star wars movie i mean the original trilogy i saw star wars uh when i was five so it was like 1984 or something like that um and i love those like i love them but rogue one i love is hands down my favorite movie and this tv show like you like cassian wasn't wasn't the, my favorite character in it or the main character I, I think I resonated with, but in this show, and then of course this episode, really getting to see all these characters go through such dramatic changes, even in the course of just a few episodes. Um, the thing, the, the situations they're going through are having such a powerful effect on who they are, and the actors are doing a brilliant job making that come to life. So when you watch it on screen, it just it hits you it, at least for me it hits every single time and in so many different ways I, I don't know how better to describe it this show has just been probably some of the best if not the best tv not just star wars but just best tv i've ever watched yeah i i would certainly agree with jeff as far as like i feel there's a certain level of intensity that each actor brings to their respective characters in this series now i kind of went into the series anticipating to getting to know more about cassie and i actually was a pretty big fan of his out of rogue one but the uh, the idea that we would get to dive into the characters like Saw Gerrera and Mon Mothma a little bit more as well, that had my interest, and it just fully took over once I started to see these characters unfold in the series. It's just enthralling. I'm completely captured by not just the performances, but the story that they're telling with each of these characters. They're they're weaving them so well, and now we're we're watching all of these different stories start to converge, and things are going to be really really interesting um just a random non sequitur uh obishan says what were the black and white loath cat adjacent creatures in episode one of uh tales of the jedi i don't know but they looked heavily inspired of, of red pandas and they were just adorable um and yeah there might be an argument for me to make one of those my pet uh, as well <laughs> look like little tuka dolls almost yeah i i i, I, yeah, I want to spend more time with them. Um, but yeah, jumping into the episode, you know, we kind of start out with, uh, it starts out on a cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> literally, uh, what she did there. <laughs> oh, what I, you know, what, what's interesting about that scene to me is how they started the scene is it's not them hanging on the wall or even starting to climb. Like you said, it starts with a cliffhanger, but I like, if I remember right, it even, I think it even starts kind of in a very intense way with like either their bloody hands or like their bro their like busted feet and it like instantly makes you think oh my gosh like even though we know they're a moment later we see them hanging from the cliff when we see the, the ship fly over but in that moment where you see just that frame like tells you so much about what it took for them even to get to that place and i don't i don't just mean they're running across the planet but like it's almost a metaphor for everything they just went through to get out of that prison and get to that place starting right there it's like no this is exactly how this it was almost uh, it was almost indicative of what the entire episode was going to be like because you fast forward a bit when you see bix and i know we'll get to that in a few minutes this brief period of time we see bix in this episode oh my gosh i was i was in tears for her because uh, yeah yeah but like that first frame of the show like was like oh i, I didn't realize until later on I'm like oh my gosh this episode is really going to hurt a lot 
I don't mean to laugh. It just yeah. does. <laughs> but it was like, why pants of Nakita uh, 5 just seeing what the land waters so far. And it looks like everything is burnt. And then you go into, you know, Armenians, I guess. I don't know what they're called, but those two fellows that um, captured oh. <laughs> Cassian, the way that they're speaking about the Empire and talking about um, how they're, you know, killing, killing, you know, making the water toxic, all, all of this stuff, and really, like, the span what the Empire is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, r real quick, if you can uh, perhaps go into your, your audio settings and disable the noise suppression. I think that might be oh. acting as a noise gate and kind of cutting off uh, your bits of, of what you're saying. Okay. Is it... Um, But uh, I, I actually, I really loved those two guys, though. They just, I don't know. I just, I laughed hysterically. But yeah, let's, um, how about uh, of the overall themes? You know, before before we kind of dive into each individual storyline, do you think that there's a common theme? Because uh, every episode, there's separate storylines, but they usually Storylines, but have, they usually all have... Uh, uh, sorry, that's the... Uh, Echo cancellation. Echo cancellation. I think you need that out. Okay, I'm sorry. No worries. I'm just like, I was oh, just like oh, now I hear myself. Now I hear my. Is this how I sound to people? Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> is this my voice? Is this my voice? But, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what do you guys uh, think? Is there a through line between all of these different um, but connected stories that, that kind of happen here? Anything pop out of you? I certainly think that they're, they're just the overall villainous nature of tyranny in all of its forms and oppression, just the way that it weaves in and affects everybody, no matter where you exist in the galaxy or as part of the empire at large, and just the effect that that has on people who are completely innocent, people who are completely just trying to mind their own business. And you look at, like with Kino Loy in the past couple episodes, he thinks that if he just does as he's told and if he just listens and, you know, he'll find his way out. And you realize that that isn't the case and that the empire is just it it's out for everyone essentially and there's nothing you can do except rebel rebel against it i like that yeah for me wait oh, oh sorry go ahead no no go ahead. no go ahead jeff i was gonna say that the the word that came to mind for me um in this episode specifically was confrontation but i don't mean it as in like an aggressive thing between like two people arguing i mean it in sort of we're starting the lot to me at least the last episode and then this one specifically we are seeing we are seeing each of these characters mon Mothma was like the shining example of this is they're having to confront the reality of their situation more and more and this episode i'd be watching mon Mothma in her apartment was absolutely like like she is she literally says it she's like i'm in a lot of trouble and that's like there is no other way that she can say it like she's and i think we see that with luthan when he gets approached by the imperial ship um Cassian when they get captured like all these different situations but each of them each character is having to confront the reality of what's happening in the front of them and I think at least for me that's how this episode popped up is like everybody is really having to confront oh this is all really happening like we can't we really can't ignore this anymore whatever we have to we're gonna have to make a decision to either really get into this or do something else but yeah I I think confrontation is the way that I kind of think about it at least it does feel like everyone has passed this point of no return and they're just just kind of trapped in this situation um between a rock and a hard place um because yeah i mean that's that's what's happening with luthan that's what the discussion was saw um of do we let do we gotta let them go you know and kind of the reality of them all needing to be selfish in order to do some of these things, they, they have to sacrifice something. Uh, and it's something personal and it's painful. Yeah, it ties into what Lupin said in the last force to use the tools of his enemy to defeat them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It, it, well, it's interesting uh, that you say that. Um, 
about Luthen specifically because I think he's like the only character that sort of has accepted who he has to be and who he is. Everybody else, I mean, he's still having to deal with things, but everybody else, we're almost we're seeing that the, 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 like this 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 thought line or this um, I guess through line would be the way to say it. This through line of everybody else not almost not being ready to accept that yet. Yet he is. He's like I'm here. Like I. I kind of gave up my humanity a while ago because I'm this has to be done and I'm just going to do whatever has to be done. I mean, Saw has even kind of given that up to a degree, but he hasn't like he's still I think fanaticism still comes from the fact that he cares so so much. He just goes about it in a very extreme way. But even in that moment when they're interacting with each other, by the end of that the end of that moment, Saw finally does kind of come around like, "Oh, like uh, it's not that he didn't see it, but I don't think he saw the real long game until towards the end of that particular scene." I I really love that because it creates a nuance to Saw's character that we mm-hmm. is often pushed aside. Oftentimes, like, well, he's just the fanatic doing this. It's like, actually, no, that's not really what his character is. But I, I like seeing that development for him. Yeah, and his performance is just really, really good. And we get to see him a lot more lucid than he is in a <laughs> in Rogue One. Uh, but that paranoia that's like creeping up is really cool as well. But yeah, let's kind of separate the storylines. You know, first let's let's talk. Um, I mean, I think Andor had the least to do in the episode, so let's let's just first dive into that. We kind of talked about them hanging off of the cliff. Not sure if anyone made it, um, and and their return to uh, to space Tampa. Um, yeah, what what jumps out at you that I no longer say space Miami because Emily told us that was Tampa, and I was like, no, what? That makes sense. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, what do you guys think of uh, of Andor and where he's going and the hard hitting news that he just heard? Yeah, I yeah, think. I, I, I think. Oh. oh, you go. You're good. Oh no! Oh, you can go ahead. <laughs> I was just. I think that with Andor finally, you know, his mother figure in his life, Marva, no longer being around and realizing what it was that she had planned to do in the final days of her life wanting to fight back against the empire that's you know he's already kind of come around to that to an extent with you know helping lead the prison break um and having this better understanding of what the empire is capable of he's definitely now about to cross that line where he's going to go full full on uh to i guess honor not just marvel but all the people that the empire has tarnished yeah and what were we gonna say what i was gonna mention was um i really like like that last scene it was very of the, the last scene that we have in rogue one of course just having that really heartfelt music and cast- and it almost made me think like in rogue one in, in that moment was he looking out at the water and like oh you know the other prisoners who who made it out does he ever find out who made it out who knows <laughs> yeah and that's one of the kind of this this scary and i guess i don't know maybe uh, very lived in. I, I've been saying that this this show is Star Wars if the characters didn't have plot armor. You know, this this is Cassian makes it not because the stormtroopers can't shoot. Uh, he makes it because they shoot the other people first, <laughs> and he, you know, it's a, a second mouse gets the cheese type of situation. Um, and yeah, having him seeing him come to terms and having that conversation of like i finally did something she would be proud of because of their last conversation i know that was that was heartbreaking yeah it really was the i i love since we're talking about him i love that i think you just mentioned it a second Sivas is the the dichotomy between the ending scene of rogue one with planet being shot by the Death Star and all sorry hopefully that's not a spoiler for anybody <laughs> hopefully I'm not ruining plot sorry if I ruined Rogue One for everybody my bad um but like that the ending of Rogue One in this scene and I didn't realize it until you said that in that scene where he says goodbye to the other person and the other prisoner leaves stand there is overlooking the water it's the beginning of something so we're kind of back to the same place and that it's it's almost the same exact scene but in reverse and i re- like playing the tape backwards and i really i didn't think about that as you said it's a really beautiful way to think about that it you we're getting to see the beginning of something even though the something is going to be i don't want to say terrible but it's going to be hard <laughs> and destructive and all these things it's still the beginning of p of 
almost him as a metaphor for all the other, like you said, Chaco, all the other people in the world, the galaxy, waking up to, oh, this is something we have to do. Um, yeah, it's a really beautiful way to think about that that scene right there. Yeah. Uh, Kira in the chat says, I think Nimic would also be proud of Cassian. I agree. I'm still sticking with my thoughts that Cassian doesn't read the manifesto until the end of this next episode. And so we begin next season with him having, you know, read all this stuff. But that's going to make him really, like, solidify his, his view. At least that's my prediction. Um, so along, you know, and we, we can't fully talk about Cassian without talking about all the stuff that happened back on Ferex. And we have, you know, um, the daughters of, of Ferex. And yeah, something, something, a sinister plot is afoot. Also, the saddest droid scene ever how okay i mean light, lightning round what is what is actually the saddest uh, droid scene um I'm, i just want to go around real quick and get you guys' feels on this one because this one particularly hurt me like more than the others more than more than than k2 there's like there's a lot of really sad moments but this one hit me um how, how do you guys feel I would agree. And I think this one hit me pretty hard too, because we actually get to hear B2 Emo express his grief and his concern for his his partner that's no longer there. Hearing him say that he doesn't want to leave because he still wants to wait for her and hearing him say that he doesn't want to be alone and asks Brasso to stay, that's a whole different level of just emotion and sentientness to this droid that I don't think we've seen in a lot of the other ones. And it, it really did strike me pretty hard. B2 needs to be given a hug. That's what's go, go to agree. him. Go to him, Brasso. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I can't think of another droid scene in anything that we've seen Star Wars, whether it's comic, a book. I, I don't. I can't think of anything where it. This is gonna sound to me. This sounds almost like a terrible way to put this out there, but the best way I can think of it is it was the most human interaction we've seen from a droid and in a very this almost childlike way that b2 has mm -hmm. that makes it makes it hurt even more because even though it's got the voice of and sort of mannerisms of like an adult a grown-up droid that's not real but like a grown -up droid, um <laughs> it's still sort of he's they, sorry they still sort of behave very dependent and connected to marva and it's so hard to watch because it doesn't b2 does not want can't seem to process or accept but doesn't even know how to process or accept that marva is just not there anymore i love that scene how it opened with we're seeing through b2's lens but mm -hmm. partially closed like this looked like a sun flare and i was trying to think what what is that and then it switches over and we're just basically seeing through his i'm like oh my gosh that is it, it, we're giving we're, we get a point of view but then we're taken out of the point of view but that way it kind of reinforces the point of view of this other this partner to marvin oh my gosh it hurts so bad, <laughs> it hurts so bad. <laughs> uh, uh, for me um the scene where his hand after has passed away that one is the one that made cry real tight r2 is there with princess leia I can't with those two scenes mm. being at a close third place because I was, yeah, I was welling up for this side. But, um, I, I don't know. I might be crazy, but I kind of have Marva and I think BMO does too. I'm not sure that she's, and if, if she is, I think she planned something out prior I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, there is definitely treachery afoot. Um, we can say that because while they're saying, you know, you know, she's she's passed and they're talking to B two, and they're gonna bring her her body out. B two keeps going like Brasso. I, I'm gonna go with you. Can I go with you? <laughs> and he's like, No, you need to stay here and help. And it says, you, Yeah. The words were. Um, were B2, the daughters of Ferex need your assistance in matters of grave importance. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. And you're like, okay, what? <laughs> so, you know, and what, also, when, they oh, good. 
conversation. I know that it takes a lot. Right? So I think that they're kind of refraining from telling him any information that he doesn't need. Yeah. Interesting. Keeping him I, in the dark. I hadn't thought about it like that. I, the way that I, that scene played out what, what you're two, you both are describing <clears throat> came across very much to me. Like they be two can't seem to process what is happening. And so they're trying to give him, or he was trying to give him a, a heroic task, an epic, you know, here's your, here's mm -hmm. a quest for you and B2 perked up. But as soon as the daughter walked in and basically said it like it actually is, B2 kind of like also kind of clammed back up again. And that's when the two looked at each other and she, I think she realized, well, at least the way I saw it is she realized, oh shoot, that's not, that's not how you talk to a, a kid or somebody young in this situation. But I also like the idea that there is some other story element going on here that we haven't seen yet that Marva put in place because both things are really interesting to think about. Yeah, I I didn't think about it like that, but I do like that as well because it's like talking about a loved one passing in front of a toddler. You know, they he doesn't fully understand it. Um, here says Ned B from Kenobi or three PO mentioning his friends and Rest of Skywalker. Or K2 telling Cassian to climb. Star Wars does dro sad droid moments so well. Um, also, I got to pour one out for my boy, um, uh, Mr. Bones. Um, but that's that's a that's a deeper cut. So, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Yeah, I love Mr. I love Bones. Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones is awesome. <laughs> um, all right, so after that we kind of get a little bit of um you know they they decide to allow uh them to hold the funeral right um dedra talks kind of talks down to the person who's in charge on ferris because he was just not going to budge and um i'm curious if because i feel like one of the through lines earlier on was um dedra's rise in kind of this male-dominated field where these these people who are more devoted to trying to raise their own status than get the job done uh and i'm curious if y'all read it like i did where I, I think he's almost thinks he's in a conflict with dedra uh with her forcing him to allow this and i'm curious because they ask um when they bring in bix and we could talk about you know them, them bringing in Bix and stuff as well. When they bring in Bix, they ask him if she knew um, the the guy. <laughs> I, I can't think of his name right now. Krieger. Krieger. Yeah, Anto Krieger. Was he supposed to do that? Did Bix respond? And what if um, Bix's response or lack of response? leads them to believe that that actually is access and so when they take down anto krieger they think they got him anyone else read it like that yes that's exactly uh, what i was I like that too i didn't okay. even i don't think i gave it that two two thoughts i just kind of was watching and but that's now i now i do now that you mentioned that well especially especially when later the interaction that happens between saw and Luthen and they kind of talk through it and that and then um yeah they talk through that whole situation and you're it, at least that kind of reinforced me i'm like i'm pretty sure that's what happened here especially with her saying nothing and just giving the looks the way she oh yeah that was there's other subtext happening here that i don't know how else to word it i'm like i keep like there's something else going on here but i can't quite put my finger on it and i'm still not sure if they're just doing this for dramatic effect which is working like it's very dramatic and it's working and if there is also an actual th plot line that is occurring there that we're just not getting enough of yet, and maybe we'll get a tip, a hint of it before the season concludes, or we have to just wait for next time. I, I certainly hope that. <laughs> I definitely think that off the trail at this point, where they have been, you know, torturing her with those dyes and I, that they think, oh, there's, there's no way she's going to be holding it back now. There's no way she wants to go back in there deal with that again so um yeah i think that she is going to name drop and he isn't going to mention Luth. i would hope not and and she's 
she's very clever and oh man it, it broke my heart to see her like that because oh, she looked like she was living off of Eisenite screams for like a week or something terrible yeah yeah one of the notes that i wrote down uh when i was watching the episode was um I, I, I hope this isn't true, but one of the, my first thoughts was, I don't think they're ever going to let Bix go. Um, and then the note I put for myself was, even if they do let her go, I don't, or if she's rescued by Andor or somebody else, I'm like, I don't, I wonder if they've tortured her into a place um, that's almost in the 1984 sort of like idea where this person's taken mm -hmm. in and tortured and then just let go afterwards because they know that they've altered the person so much they're not going to be a, in a problem for them again it kind of makes me wonder if something like that's going to happen to her like i can just let you go because we've done so much to your brain that not that you're a vegetable but you're just not going to resist anymore and i i don't know i i don't want to think that's gonna, the, the thing i really hope that she's just playing a part and she's gonna be she walks out of there kind of not scarred but she's fine and she moves on but the other way that I read that scene, especially how it opens with her like leaning up against the wall, kind of talking to herself, it very much made me think of like, I think they may have changed her forever at this point and oh, really worries me for her. I was really scared. Yeah, I, I can't see her Poor being the same. She oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. He was a little loopy, but he's good. <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of weird because they made it sound like this is going to destroy your brain. And then like, you know, a couple hours later, he's like, all right, I'm back. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess he's fine. Uh. I got the sweat for a little <laughs> while. And then, then he's like running around with you guys now. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think, uh, Casey? Any more, any more thoughts on that? As far as Bix, I, I, I fear for her safety and well-being in the next episode. I I don't think, I think unfortunately Cassian's probably going to have one more tragedy unfold in, and I think it might be Bix. Not that I want that to happen because I don't, but I fear for her. Yeah. Um, uh, so back when we were talking about the, the droid uh, deaths, uh, St. Pat said, or the anxiety of Leaky being used, looking at you, Chaco. So we played a Star Wars-themed, you know, tabletop RPG. Um, it was set in the High Republic. And uh, do you guys remember in, um, you know, the first season of The Bad Batch, there was a, we saw a droid that looks like a toddler, had little chubby arms and, and legs. Uh, so there was one of those in our campaign. Its name was Leaky. It was poorly maintained, and so it leaked oil and stuff like that. And in our campaign, set in the High Republic, the Nile attacked our ship. And my character was alone on a catwalk and came across uh, some Nile members trying to plant a bomb. And so what I did, because uh, whenever Leaky got excited, he'd shake and kind of spray oil. So what I did is I grabbed him. I was like, oh, you're such a good boy. And he got excited and sprayed him. And then I threw him over the railing. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> to, to make an oil slick so I can pull out my gun and, and I started picking out uh, picking off some of the now Le Leaky was okay okay oh Le sure Leaky, Leaky got, got better I like that but Leaky got better <laughs> <laughs> but I will say my plan was so effective that uh, there was like there was one member that no matter how much our DM rolled, they couldn't roll high enough for that character to stand back up again and like get back in the fight. I'm just saying it was it was very effective. Um, but yeah, that's uh, so they they don't trust me around around the, <laughs> that type of droid anymore, which is fair. Um, anyways, we jump into the Mon Mothma storyline. This th I mean this one kind of this one kind of hurt a little bit. Uh, especially when you walk in and you see Lita and she's she's chanting and, and it's like hmm do not do not want oh. uh, how, how do you guys feel about um this whole this whole what, it was like it was almost like very the only phrase I can come to mind is almost like um voluntary handmaid's tale is how it made me like I'm like what 
because and she's watching she's sitting there with a drink watching this happen and it's like this slow painful decline into whatever this fanaticism is that her daughter is getting into and then when i don't want to sorry i, I know it, it, both of you probably have things to say but yeah i was like this is gross this is just gross I, that's all i can think of when i saw that yeah it just uh, just genevieve o'reilly her the expressions on her face you could see the horror and just the absolute pain like just in the eyes alone just of her watching her daughter kind of be consumed by this uh, is it a chandrillan tradition that they were doing i i, I believe yeah. it was something along those lines and i just the fear that she has for herself in that moment and then also for her daughter uh fearing that her daughter might you know fall down a similar lifestyle that she has had to endure with Perrin. i like i just the whole concept is just really it's hard to watch yeah yeah really terrifying position of power like mon mothma on the verge of tears at the thought of her joining this what she's probably viewing as a cult and bell was obviously very perturbed and and you know um their conversation really had bell that's why she ended up going to see well she was trying to see See Luthen, but she ended up seeing Clea. So desperate because she's like, "Oh my goodness, my niece is involved in this now," and, and she's probably so my sister can you know cover up this debt, and it's just a terrible situation. She's and and what you said about the, the facial expressions, like the subtleties, are so good. When uh, when Lita comes out and greets Vel. Um, she shoots daggers at her mom and you and you see it hurt mon mothma but she can't do anything about it so like yeah. she's a senator she's the reason they're on coruscant she's the reason they have this place and position she's powerless in every other aspect of her life even in even in court even with her family and she sees nothing but apathy from from her husband and uh contempt in a weird traditionalist to a fault from from her from her daughter i don't know it just it was just it was just painful yeah and not for nothing but i think would readily marry her off for money that's just the vibe that i get from him and just her father to mon mothma it's just heartbreaking like i know mon is and i feel like her father wouldn't really think twice, even though she said that he, he was more open. So, um, yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. I, I feel really bad that that's straight off by the age of 14. Seems very sad. It's, it's scary to watch the like prison that she lives in mon i mean um i mean even when we see her in the in the senate and we've seen her at luthan's shop and these other places primarily we see her in her apartment and it looks i mean it's like this very beautiful looking prison and to like i think you're totally right like what her watching her daughter like voluntarily walk into her own her own personal prison thinking this is the like excited about it and like doesn't like her mom for probably tons of reasons it was like, i mean that those looks that she gives mon don't just come from like one thing obviously yeah. but she's like mon's like watching like you said Chaka, she's walking her watching her daughter walk into this prison uh her own version not being aware that that's actually what's happening and like you said she's powerless to do anything about it she can't stop what's happening and among all the other things she has to deal with that is also you know just crushing her yeah it's 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 hard to watch <laughs> for sure um and uh i i, I don't want to go into this but i i probably agree i, I can't see perrin being a very uh you know <laughs> romantic uh skilled i don't know anyways we also got a late night phone call you know we from um uh, from our boy to our boy Cyril, where he learned a little bit of extra information. Um, I just thought that was that was funny, but it's nice because we, we're getting 
his storyline is kind of the least developed in my opinion and so he's kind of this like hanging thread but in this crazy wild card way where you know he's gonna arrive on the scene and you have no idea what he's gonna do or and why um how do you guys feel about uh about the the news he gets I, for one, just was very happy to see our, I forget his name, but our uh, Scottish policeman back. He, not that I'm rooting for him in any way, but he was just funny to watch in the first couple episodes, and I was glad that he made a return. Um, but as far as um, Cyril, I, I don't know. I think he's going to do something that he definitely shouldn't be doing in the finale, and I think both you know, Cassian's friends and Dedra aren't going to want him there. And I think he's going to get caught in a bit of a crossfire. At that. That's my prediction. Yeah. Personally, I'm kind of predicting that um, someone is going to have Cassian dead to rights and he's going to try and get involved to be a hero and he's going to be responsible for him escaping. Oh, yeah. I That's a, t that's a read I get on this as well. That he he sees himself as some sort of I hear, I guess, hero, but he sees himself as this this person who's got to step in and do the thing that nobody else seems to willing to do. Although he doesn't realize that he just doesn't have much information, or a, like there's so much more information about what's happening, but he just doesn't know that. And he's not. It's not that he's oblivious to it, but it, like we saw in his interaction, his very creepy interaction with Deirdre Deirdre in the previous episode or past episode, very creepy. Creepy is not even a, the, the nicest way I can say that. Um, he's he's going to do something and you're right i think you're right he is he's going to do something and put everyone in a situation where either he's going to get he's going to be the sacrifice play um he thinks he's doing good and it's just not going to pan out for him it just uh, crossfire might be a good way to say that burning bridges um right now he's burning who is like one of the only people he has right now even though she, she like gives it to him every but he literally he stole her her credit card he stole her money and like he thinks he's just gonna find cassian sitting in the crowd at his mom's funeral like like or he's, yeah he's just i think that he's the character that it's just sort of destined to fail and um i agree with you guys that he's probably get, going to get up a, a like of um you know actually capturing Cassian <laughs> uh all right all right so lightning round question does Cyril die next episode I say yes I, I think he's gonna persist he's he's too annoying to die <laughs> <laughs> there's that I mean there is that <laughs> that is that is a good point um, I don't think he's gonna die. Yeah, I think he. I think he is gonna be left behind, and left behind in a way that he can't. He wants to continue to interact, but he won't. Like, I don't mean physically, but like emotionally and mentally, and the situation. Like, he's gonna be left behind somehow. Like being stuck on level three thirty one, of course not. But there's no elevator back up. Like mm -hmm. that sort. Of, like that kind of like nobody cares, dude. Sorry, <laughs> nobody actually cares. Like that almost this way of like it might even cause a break for him like originally i had thought sarah was going to be one of those people that might come around to the resistance or something but not in the way of like becomes a good guy and sees the light i don't mean that but sort of a finally realizes what's actually happening but more and more as we get into the stairs I'm like no he's he's not he's i think he's just going to get left behind and no like finally realize nobody actually cares your mom doesn't actually care about you whoever this uncle harlow uncle is harlow, yeah. creepy uncle harlow that they're indebted to that's the most disturbing thing in the world like i think he's just going to be like sorry dude nobody cares about you anymore yeah i was kind of hoping in the beginning that cyril was going to turn out you know um, come around to the rebellion like i said but uh yeah the more he digs his hole deeper i'm just like like no this dude he's he's gonna go to the very end <laughs> Somebody's gonna stop them at some point. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like that idea. I, I think I completely agree with you 
and his realization that nobody else really kind of cares to the extent that he does it for the certain reasons that he does i for me i just think that he might that might all unfold but he might perish in the end in this pursuit for this almost twisted and ruthless justice and i think that that pursuit of justice might actually bring the hammer down on himself with all of what you said as well i i was, I was starting to lean that that way as well um that he, he's going to be the reason why Cassian escapes. He's going to try to explain it. And then Dedra's just going to pull out a pistol and shoot him on the spot or something like that. Is kind of how how I want it to go. Because I, I, I don't like him. I, I, I In the past, had thoughts like maybe he'll end up joining. But like there's some things you can't unsee. And like I don't think... I want him in the resist, you know, in the Rebel Alliance, like on the barracks, being like, "Don't look at my special box." Um, I, I don't, I don't know if I want that. So, either want him to, you know, perish in this. But there is a potential redemption arc if he gets arrested and then gets kind of put into a same, a similar situation that Cassian had to go through, where you're now. Uh, or maybe not arrested, but he flees, and now he's on the run from the Empire because he did what he thought was right, and it maybe comes around. I guess that's possible. I uh, have uh, Gungantuan in uh, the chat saying, they've invested too much in developing him to kill him off so soon. I think he'll be back next season. It's a comment that I think KDC just made a second ago that resonated is he oh this is interesting so cyril seems to want what he thinks is justice so he sees this as very not egalitarian but like i'm doing the right thing here like cassian andor did a did a bad and i gotta stop the bad like it's just like this very simplistic way of seeing it and not realizing that th the empire doesn't care about justice at all they don't justice is like the furthest thing from their minds what they <laughs> care about is control and suppression and I, 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 Chaco, you said something a second ago that I think is really interesting that, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, Deodora might end up shooting him or something like that, but not because, it, not because, um, to get him out of the way, it's like, you're trying to get something that I don't care about. The ISB doesn't care about bringing him to justice. We care about suppressing this so, uh, and coming down hard so others don't try to do the same thing that Cassian and this group got away with. And I think that's that's I think the place that's going to come in the conflict for Cyril is mm -hmm. he he thinks the Empire is about justice and order and all that sort of like you know Orson Krennic uh, when he says when he, he says I think when uh, was it uh, uh, Galen says to him like I think you're confusing peace with terror and Ga uh, and uh, Krennic says well you got to start someplace like I th I think Cyril doesn't realize that that that's how most of the Empire thinks. And I think I, for me, at least, I, I hope that that is the conflict that ends up happening for him is him having to be confronted with nobody cares about justice, dude. Yeah. Dang, I like that a lot. I, I also just, you know, and her shooting him, we, we already know how casually she's talked about torturing people and killing people. Um, I could see her just shooting him on the spot and being like, I just don't want to deal with this again. If I, if I don't do this now, he might pop up somewhere else, uh, and it's it's not worth my time. And I, I would just love to see her lip curl up in, in disgust right after she did it, because she displays contempt on her face so incredibly well. So yeah, I'm on team. He's going to die next week. Uh, so, you know... But, if 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 y'all want to put uh, twenty bucks on it, never mind. I'm broke. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So oh, yeah. you go ahead. <laughs> oh. oh, I said I'll, um, I'll put three calamari. <laughs> <laughs> three calamari on it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So last thing, the, the last thing we kind of have. Um, well, I guess technically we have we have two more things, but we can kind of put them together. Is the discussion in all relates to Luthen, right? So we have Luthen's journey into the, the shop there. Um, or sorry, we have Luthen's journey into talking with um, with Saw. Uh, but we also have what happens at Luthen's shop when he's not there. Um, I'm curious how you guys feel on, on this last part. And I, again, I think the acting has been on point and 
Luthen is such a cool character. Uh, and he's he's Batman, apparently. You know, he's lightsaber ship. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thoughts yeah. on on how badass Luthen is. I, he's such an incredibly just complex character, and I love how none of the other characters truly know like who he really is or his his full intentions. He's very kept to himself, like you said, Batman. Like there's he's such a mystery altogether to everybody else except to himself, and just every single interaction that he has with whoever it is, whether it's Lonnie, the ISB spy plant that he has, or with Saul, it just every just interaction is so intense and fierce, and he like. It's so entertaining to watch, and yes, lightsaber ship. That like it was more than lightsaber ship. Whatever those like dark things that it launched down at that cruiser, that was mm -hmm. so cool. I love it. It was awesome. He seriously took that Mon Mothma money right quick. Make sure nobody ever catches me again. It um that scene specifically the the little like you said the little rockets or missiles whatever they fired off to the the tractor beam thing reminded me I don't know if you all have read um the Thrawn Ascendancy uh, trilogy mm -hmm. and in it when they refer to those little missiles from um the Gris Cav of the Dibbers that, like oh, the little yeah. it kind of made me think of that a little bit um I, the note that I wrote for myself about Luthen from the scene was like you both said i'll just add my piece was that he's we just don't know who he is like everyone thinks they know who he is but they don't like we even i think one of the early episodes we saw him in his ship and we was putting his taking his wig off and whatever or putting it on when that thing came down with stuff in it there was multiples of things in there which at least for me read like he's got a lot of different personas he can play whenever he needs to we've only seen the two the art dealer and then this other luthan but we don't even know if that's the, that's the real luthan like He's almost like a scroll in that case. Like he just—I mean, I'm just pulling from every fandom right now. <laughs> like he's like, um, but he's—he's he's like he just puts on the mask, so to speak, that he needs in the moment to get the thing done that needs to get done. And when he talked to Lonnie about that in the previous episode, like he said it. He's like, "I'm gonna do. I use the tools of my enemy. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to to get to this place." And I, I, I like seeing this layers of Luthen, and I want—I kind of wonder if it's almost like a, like a. Uh, a an escher an escher piece where it's like you're peeling back layers but you're not really going anywhere there we don't you'll never there is no real luthan anymore he is just this manifestation of all these personalities over time to reach an end and i kind of like that about that character yeah he's he's just become i don't know a, a blade <laughs> i guess i give me give me a luthan origin comic um you know where his parents die in an alley after he watched uh, Zoro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding that to my poll list. <laughs> that there are uh, parallels between uh, the conversation that Luthen had with Lonnie, conversation that Clea had in this episode with Val, where people are just sort of, quite, well, what have you been doing? You know, you're putting me out to all of these missions, and where do you? You do, and they're like, I've sacrificed my whole life for this. Like, this doesn't end throwing out on one mission, and here I am I'm orchestrating the whole thing for at the very end. So, I just really, really like seeing that you know, Luthen and Clea are transparent about the fact that we've sacrificed everything for. And I mean, it reminds me of my time in customer service. <laughs> of every every person's problem is unique, and she's like, "Listen, you are not the only person I'm dealing with. You are not the only person that's going to come in here and try to to scream at the top of your lungs. And the more you guys do this, the more dangerous it is for me, because this is my life, you know. And yeah, like like you said, the parallels of that is awesome. And I, I want I need to know more about Clea as well because she seems. Mm -hmm. Very was, fascinating. Her comment was almost a like Vel, you're special just like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh Chillin Basic says uh flechettes. Yeah, that's that's what, it, what I was thinking. Um they were just essentially like metal blades, but you trick them by you launch them, but they probably don't have enough speed to do a lot of damage. Which is why he forced them to ramp up their um, uh, their 
tractor beam so it gives him extra boost when when flying back and it kind of reminds me of something that luke did in the heir to the empire series where he had like a a freighter that would like break away and his ship inside of it <laughs> so they grabbed onto that and then like detonated the ship and he was able to fly out around it um uh hey we also have chris here um but yeah that's just just very very cool and also the way he's so utilitarian where he i mean the way he just points out and he's like that's my informant here and saw loses his mind on the spot uh <laughs> i love how it was two dudes <laughs> yeah That's no reason <laughs> well he just owned it too like it was i mean saw obviously is you know worried about that all the time uh, but even for, like luthan is so convincing and 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 how he does it like just in a second that saw is like wait what really <laughs> like oh my god dude you he's good. my guy he tells me everything yeah, <laughs> I'd love just, that. Just tell him. Just, why don't you tell him <laughs> oh my god that was fantastic that was a fantastic moment oh, oh sorry he was oh sorry yeah no no benthic was just making this panicked phase like no 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 it was not it was yeah it was hilarious but the way he was able to like he he's a such a great handler because he knew exactly what saw needed to hear in order to understand what was going on and he gave him <laughs> that example right on the spot like luthan's is luthan is the star wars in this show luthan is in star wars everyone else is getting there you know <laughs> and and he's like their their vehicle that's that's kind of how, how i'm feeling with it oh yeah that uh, the way that he um <clears throat> as saw is sort of like reacting or overreacting to the news and luthan's like you need to calm down like you're like you're being a little you're like you're getting upset you need to calm down it like it's like being very like clinical about the situation and saw's like what do you mean like i'm frustrated i want to be frustrated this is like you need to calm down. You need to listen. You need to process. Like just very, oh, it was um, it was kind of scary to see how unemotional. He was with saw. He's like, is that the? Are those the words that I said? That one. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. It's almost like talking to me, like me talking to my seven-year-old. Like it, it's it's almost scary how. Emotionally disconnected, he is to be able to do this and do it in that way, especially with somebody like Saw Guerrera, who like literally will kill you on the spot. Like he doesn't care; he'd kill anybody around if he if he thought those people were betraying him. Like he'd just shoot him in a heartbeat. And Luthen's like, he just owns the situation. It's it's he's scary good. But it was very interesting that like so shocked with Luthen when he's talking about you're gonna kill fifty. Do that to me, and I'm like, saw. How many times have you just killed people just giving away information, even for less? So you've killed people. Like, why are you even right now? <laughs> yeah, saw so, so was was tripping, but I mean, Luthen pulled out the gun. Saw didn't flinch at all, and he's just like, you know, you're not making it out of here alive. <laughs> And they just have that standoff. Uh, I, I don't, it was just seeing these two powerhouse actors contend with each other is is just great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that largely covers. Uh, oh, I have a gargantuan in the chat says. Um, I think uh, we saw the real Luthen in his first scene with the friendly traveler on the transport. He was trying to laugh but couldn't manage actually being happy. He's just so depressed. And I can I can see that. Um, that'd be interesting. I I do want to actually get to know him, but I think he already knows that his life is forfeit, or who he is as a person, and so he's definitely not making it out of, of this because I don't think I don't think he has a place in the Republic. You know, once all the chips are down. Uh, but I'm I'm curious where where he'll end up. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I can see him as the, like, he, there is no retirement for him. There's no go sit on a planet, 
have a cup of tea and watch the sunset. There's there's none of that. that like his his story is written into a like fiery pit of despair, basically. <laughs> like he's gonna be tortured, like mentally tortured and anguished forever. And I think he's already come to terms with that. At least that's how I how I perceive his character. And as a result, he's like, well, since that's going to happen, I might as well make the most of it while I'm here. Is kind of but almost like to the too much of a degree like I, I will burn everything along the way as i'm going it's kind of a, i'm gonna assault the fields as i finish doing all this stuff too it's, he's a little intense about it all he's gonna take his ball and go home uh but yeah so that pretty much covers the entire episode um you know i, I want to uh thank you guys all for coming out hanging out with me for for this hour and kind of diving into it because i always get way more out of these this these discussions always make me more pumped for next week because that's how i have all these different thoughts and ideas from bouncing off of you guys um i do want to go around one more time just to see if you guys have any final thoughts any things that uh, we missed um, any things that you guys are doing that you want to plug and um yeah once again let us know where we can find you and your awesome content uh and i will go with um general skivas first oh um sorry um you can find me on tiktok instagram twitter tiktok though um final thoughts this was, I mean, I, I was, you know, I was pretty floored with, with last week's episode. Keep on upping the game every single time. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very, very pleased. Pretty much covered everything that I was very, very excited about. Um, I think the thing that really stood out to me was definitely Luthen's ship. Those modifications were, they were excellent. So freaking cool. <laughs> Straight out of Iron Man 2. I was like, yeah, should lead with that next time. <laughs> um, and uh, how about you, Jeff? Uh, yeah, so my, I guess my final thought on this episode, but on the show in general is this is Star Wars that I love. I mean, I love all stories. I had some High Republic stuff sitting next to me. Like, I, I love every aspect of it, making cosplay, like all this. But this show encapsulates what I really love about Star Wars, which is the humanity of dealing with real problems because we can we even though this is fantastical it's also not and we can really all of us all of us can see ourselves and our own personal struggles and the struggles in our world i don't mean it's allegorical but it's analogous to things that we all deal with and i love that because i love the space wizard stuff i do jedi stuff is fantastic i, I love it it makes me so happy but the humanity in this show really gives you a chance to rethink things going on in your own life um i don't mean to change things just rethink about what happens and I, I really appreciate that about this 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 particular show um so yeah that's i'm loving andor um but yeah you can find me on pretty much all the socials uh at i'm usually at jeff bull tech on everything on tiktok i'm jb the jedi um and then i also host a co-host a star wars live stream funny enough uh called the kessel chat um you can find us on youtube uh, youtube.com slash the Kessel chat. We record live every Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific. Awesome. And uh, last but not least, we have Casey. I just, uh, th I don't know why this popped into my head, but the one thing that I love so much about the show is the serious, intense interactions between characters, like what we've had with Luthen and Saul. And just looking forward to season two after this finale, imagining a similar level of intensity, conversation, dialogue between like one of the Mon Calamari leaders, whether it's Akbar or Radis, with whether Luthen's still around or if it's Mon Mothma or Saw, I would, I, that's something I would love to see happen in like a second, the second season. But thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Casey, or on TikTok is where I primarily reside, uh, Swacer underscore 1977 and Swacer 1977 everywhere else. Awesome. Yeah. Absolute blast to be able to hang out and, and chat with you guys. Um, for, for, for me, I, I still think, um, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know what else can be said about the show. It's just, I one of my favorite Star Wars books is Lost Stars. Um, and it's kind of, you know, takes you behind the scenes of Star Wars, of the original trilogy. You can see it from a different perspective. And there's some like funny parts and it's still, you know, it's, it's definitely you know, a YA book. Uh, but there's certain parts where they're, they're talking about 
what it was like to be standing on the Death Star when it blew up Alderaan and how they felt. And you're like, I never considered these this behind the scenes type of thing. Or, um, you know, they look at Tarkin like he's a kindly old grandpa, which freaks me out uh, quite a bit. <laughs> or uh, in Return of the Jedi, when they're assigning the mission, these are rebels who are like, so we're just going to put these all these missions in the hands of these like random people that just made general like who are <laughs> you know and it's it's funny because regular star wars again has has all the plot armor has all the the camp has all the swashbuckling and then this is star wars without that where these people are in the mud and they're they're grinding hard just so that when the time comes, Luke Skywalker can show up one day, save the princess, and then the next day blow up the Death Star and then be a hero to the whole galaxy <laughs> because of, I don't know, space wizard nepotism. Uh, but it's just, it's really cool to see the other side of it uh, and the, the grassroots nature and what it's like for everyone else in the universe. Uh, but anyways... Once again, thank you guys for joining everyone in the chat, for hanging out, Gargantuan, St. Pat, um, Christopher Lonson, uh, Sanji, uh, chilling in the basement, Cal Forer, we had Kiermanda, uh, we had Dixon Download, um, Jonsky, lots of people. Thank you so much for hanging out. And yeah, we will see you all again next week after the finale. Awesome. Have a good one, and may the be with you. Enforce be good.